Welcome to Coffee Time Conversations on art, faith, life, and of course, coffee. We are your hosts, Robert and Rebecca Prince. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. We are so glad you're here. Well, we have a new favorite dessert. Anyway, it's a new delicious dessert that we want to tell you about. And many of you possibly know about them already. I don't know. Um, I did did not. I didn't know there was even such a thing. Right. But we went to, we volunteered at um, a Art House Dallas event last week. Yeah, it's called Art House Sessions. So it's kind of a new event that they did. Um, it's a it was a concert with a local artist, and they had like a dessert bar, like yeah. you could go and get all. And this. we were assigned the dessert table to me and the dessert table. That was our task, and right. which was right up my alley because I'm all about the dessert, <laughs> <laughs> anyways. Right? Yeah. Um, but there was a a company that donated a bunch of their brigadeiros, and we were like, "What's a brigadeiro?" And it's a Brazilian. Truffle. Gourmet Brazilian truffle. Of course. Yeah. (laughs) So the company is called Sweet Joy Bites. They're out of Denton, Texas, and they're an online company right now. So you can go to uh, sweetjoybites.com and uh, check out all of their offerings. They are the most delicious thing. Uh, People were asking me what it was like Yeah. Thursday night. Yeah. And I was telling people it was like a sweetened condensed milk dough ball. Yes. With a little flavoring. Yes. And so, and <laughs> Depending so, on the flavor you chose. And so we we actually looked them up. Yeah. Um, I think the next day. And that is a main ingredient. So sweetened condensed milk. <laughs> right, right. But yeah. oh, they're so good. They're, they were delicious. Um, I, toasted coconut was one of my favorites, which uh on their social media actually I, I commented on one of the things they put and they said the toasted coconut is um one of their top five, actually. Yeah. Um there was a, a cream brulee that was the hit of the night. Yeah. Um, yeah. We luckily were working the table and could snag one before they were all gone. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, we shared it, but it was so good. And yeah. then they had a black tie that was really good or yeah. black and white. Yeah. They're kind of the same thing, but. Um, yeah. They had an orange pistachio. That was yeah. pretty good. I love pistachio. And they had a churro, which I was like. Yeah. Um, I wasn't quite sure it had cinnamon on top you could tell and right. i thought well it'd be kind of cinnamony but oh it was like it was stuffed with caramel oh my gosh it, it was, was like so good the softest doughiest sweetest creamiest caramel dough ball, dough ball. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Raquel, and there's no dough in list, it <laughs> listening to this uh, i hope this doesn't offend you but they're just delicious and so um, I'm not sure calling them dough balls is probably <laughs> no. They're just they they were little balls of heaven. Ah, there you go. That's more like it, <laughs> Raquel. You can use that in your uh, in your marketing. Little balls of heaven. Um, they they were delicious. So well, and the funny thing is, I you know I've had commercial you know truffles that you buy chocolate truffles or whatever, right? And so up until that evening, or maybe even the next day, I. I kind of assumed all truffles had truffle oil in them. And I don't know why, you know, you get stuff stuck in your head and you're not sure where it comes from, but I'm thinking this earthy oil from the ground that you dig from a, a, is it a mold? It's a a, fungus. A a fungus? It's a fungus. I'm like, why in the world would people use that oil in gourmet dessert truffles? Yeah. But when I tasted these truffles, I'm like, there's no way that oil can be in those truffles. (laughs) (laughs) And so after some investigation, 
you know, you, you realize figure, that's actually not a thing. Yeah, you figure some things out because <laughs> I've seen you know food shows where they use truffle oil in their in their food and and recipes and things like that. Yeah, and, but that doesn't typically go in chocolate truffles. It does not. But I didn't know that at the time. That's it's just you, you kind of make some assumptions and you operate right. that way, and maybe nope. that's always informed why I haven't really cared for truffles. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway. Uh, if that has been you as well, you should really try some gourmet Brazilian truffles. Yes. Uh, because they don't have truffle oil in them. No. <laughs> Sweetened condensed milk. Sweetened condensed milk and some great flavoring. And there's a whole lot of other stuff. And I'm sure a lot of work that goes into it. Yes. They are so. um, a little bit time consuming to make, but yeah. uh, Raquel and her team does a great job. Yeah. Yeah. And she just went full time with this company a mm-hmm. few months ago, we found out. Uh, which was cool when you when you talk to people that are doing this full time and doing their art, right? This is an art for her, right. yeah, no, totally. and and they look marvelous as well. Oh my, they're beautiful. Uh, they don't yeah. just taste great. And so um, when you find people and are introduced to people and have conversations with people who are pursuing their dreams, right? She left her full time employment. I think it was either four months or seven months ago, somewhere like that. Yeah, I don't remember. Um, and I mean, you just did that earlier this year. Right. To start pursuing yeah. art. And so it really um, kind of informs, uh, not even informs, encourages and inspires maybe. Um, but so she's doing this full time. So you can support her and her company um, and have some delicious dessert. They make gift boxes so you can give away for, um, you know, for gifts uh, holidays coming up. Of course, they do a lot of weddings and uh, they do corporate events. They do all kinds of things. Yes. So we would highly recommend them. And they are really great people too. We got yeah. to talk with them a little bit. Uh, they come in and set that part of the table up uh, for their Brigadeiros. Yeah. We had a lot of other dessert at the time uh, as well. But hey, we're, we're only talking about their Brigadeiros. So. <laughs> it was all good. It was all good. But they were But phenomenal. they were the hit of the party for sure. They, yes, they were. Um, so we will put, of course, links in the show notes and things like that. If you want to check them out, um, we highly encourage them. They ship all over the country as, as far as we know. Yeah, I think it's worldwide. They'll ship worldwide. Yeah. yeah, very cool. Well, today's show, we really thought we would, um, other than introducing you to Brigadeiros and Sweet Joy Bites, um, other than that, we thought we'd talk about some things that we started doing, I don't know, probably a couple of months ago. Maybe a few months ago on our website, princeartstudio.com. Yeah. We started a blog. We did. So we're, we're making <laughs> weekly blog posts? Mostly weekly. Uh, three or, three times a month at least. We're still trying to to figure out our uh, timing and rhythm on some of that. but Yeah, we're getting into a rhythm. And so one of the things we're doing is talking about... So we're talking about three different things. Um, we For the most part, we talk about sustainability, we talk about impact, and we talk about our art. Yeah. And what those kind of three areas include. And so we thought today on the podcast, we would share a little bit about sustainability and how we're making strides to be more sustainable. Right. um, And conscious of our use of the resources God has given us. Yeah. And how how that, and not even just in our company, but even personally, because sustainability is really a personal choice. It starts personally, right? Right. And for us, being conscious of the choices we make and how it affects the environment, how it affects the earth, um, it really started, for me, it probably started with just recycling, right? What little choices can I make that can have less of an impact on the earth? And it starts differently for different people. 
Um, but for me, it started with recycling. Yeah. Well, um, when we uh, first moved to Texas, yeah, um, they offered a recycling program in Oklahoma. Um, they do now. They have a recycling program. Sure. Um, as part of the trash pickup and stuff. But back when we lived there 12 years ago, yeah. it hadn't started yet. And right. so it was new for us. So when we came to Texas, we started figuring out what recycles. Well, yeah. And you then, know, and, and then, then how, how to do it. How to do it. Um, and luckily in Texas, they make it super easy. They really do. Yeah. We don't have to sort anything. It's just if it's recyclable, it goes in the bin. Yeah. Um, and then that gets picked up once a week. So it's been super easy. But we try to be conscious and rinse things out that need to be rinsed. Sure. Try not um, to, to contaminate. Right. Um, Pay attention to what the plastics are because not all plastic is recyclable. Right. Um, not all paper. Yeah. Uh, like pizza boxes, if they're really oily and stuff, you can't recycle them. Yeah. And that grocery kind of bags can't necessarily be recycled, but you can take them to grocery stores lots of times to, to for a special recycling type of a, uh, yeah. an issue. But. Um, and then one of the things, because uh, grocery bags aren't really recyclable in a lot of cases we have switched over to reusable grocery bags right and it's so much better like we maybe have done that even longer than actual recycling I think so. yeah i think so um we found some on the internet and i actually don't think you can get that brand anymore but no we stocked up on them um <laughs> we did i think we ordered two dozen or something last time we were able to order them well we knew they were the company actually didn't go out of business, but they shifted what they were doing. Yeah. Um, and they gave us warning like, hey, these bags are no longer going to be available. Yeah. And so uh, it closed out prices or whatever. And so yeah. we <laughs> bought a ton um, yeah. and they last forever. They really do. We have probably a dozen in our closet, hall that closet have, that we haven't ever touched. They have never been used. We love them. I, I don't even get shopping carts at the store i just take my bag in and right. i carry it around to get a little extra workout <laughs> <laughs> because um i kind of weigh them down sometimes a little too much yeah, but yeah, yeah. so we love reusable shopping bags that is um yeah that's an easy decision i mean you have to anyway. remember to, to uh, there are times where i make the choice i've forgotten to grab the bag out of the car and i'm already in i'm getting ready to check out or I'm just grabbing three items and I'm like, oh man, I forgot to bag. And so I make the choice to take the grocery bag. Yeah. The plastic grocery bag. And um, I always regret that. So I'm getting better <laughs> about not grabbing those and uh, just grabbing the bag as I leave the, the car or the truck. Because we yeah. have them in both cars. We do. And and I have, it's a habit for me. Like that is, you turn off the car and you grab a bag. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, we also have some refrigerated Reusable bags now, or refrigerated. <laughs> Some cool. cold bags, cold yeah. and hot bags. They uh, they keep things cold. So, so, which is nice too when we're um, in the Texas summer heat and we're maybe further away from home. We can yeah. put our frozen items or our cold items in that, and it'll it'll keep them nicer. Yeah, it's just kind home. of a sim one simple choice that we started personally many years ago. And it's led to other things because you start being more conscious of how you're affecting the environment and how your choices. And, you know, one of the other things that, that affected uh, my uh, kind of choices was when we visited Uganda, right? You have right. Uganda families at that time, and a lot of them still do, travel for a mile, two, three miles. And these are 10, 12, 14-year-old kids or, or younger that are having to travel with five-gallon buckets, 
yeah. or jugs to get clean water for the day. Right. And um, make two or three trips a day sometimes. And so when you see that and see the trouble they have getting clean water and usable water, and then they still have to boil it and have a lot more work to make it usable and right. drinkable. Um, then you come home and you start analyzing your choices, right? And so even shaving, um, you know, it's been six years since we've gone to Uganda, a little over. Yeah. And so when you first get back, you start making a ton of choices. Um, and then as time goes on, you start getting uh, a little more numb and your choices become a little more lazy. And so it takes intentionality. It does. And so even one choice that I make, like shaving, I used to just turn the water on in the sink. I don't fill the sink up like most people because I make a mess when I try to, yeah. my whiskers do not like to come out of my razor. Um, so I used to just leave the water on the whole time I was shaving so that 10, 12, 15 minutes, the water would just run. And that uses a ton of water. It does. And so now just leaning over, turning the water on, rinsing it, turning it back off and then do it again. Yeah. And so I, um, I timed it at one point and I think I'm using about 30 to 35% of the water I used to use. It's still a decent amount, but I'm using one third of the water that I used to use. Right. It's it's just a simple choice. It's it's a little hard, a little more work, but I mean not hard, but it's a little more work yeah. versus turning the water on and leaving it. But to save sixty seven percent of the water. Well, and that adds up. I mean, you don't shave daily, but you shave often. Yeah. And so um in the course of weeks, months, years, whatever, that makes it makes a difference. Yeah. Yeah. Um and little changes can do that. And I know not every single person can do every single thing. Right. Um, but every person can do something. Right. And so um, kind of the, the reason for our conversation is to give you ideas of different things you can do. Uh, yeah. And we're not making all the right choices, and but and we're trying to continue making progress. Yeah. We still got work to do. But I think one of the things is to know it's. It's a journey. It is. Like, I don't know, six months ago or whatever, our electricity contract, whatever, expired. And so yeah. in the process of deciding who to sign with, because we have lots of choices here in Texas. Yeah. So it's deregulated. Electric is deregulated here in Texas. So this may be new for some of you because in Oklahoma, it's not. You have one company and that's all you get. But in Texas, it's deregulated. And so you have lots of choices. And so we didn't go with just the cheapest option. Right. You you actually looked into quite a few different yeah. companies. And so we chose um, renewable over the cheapest price. And granted, it's not the most expensive either. Right. Um, it's somewhere in the middle-ish. Yeah. But it's 100% renewable. And that was important to us. Yeah, because we're using a lot more electric with our studios. You're doing a lot more art in your studio. Of course, my kilns and working in the garage. Um, you know, there's so many things uh, just from energy consumption alone. Yeah. We knew that was one easy choice for us to make. Once we made it, we don't have to make that choice again until that contract is up. So in three years, um, I think I signed a 36 month contract or something yeah. like that. And so that was one easy choice that lasts for 36 months. And we're doing what we have to do. Of course, those prices that we're paying ultimately do end up in the cost of our product um, to some degree. Um, but it's pretty minor right. overall compared to just regular electricity. Right. So, and, uh, you know, of course, another thing that plays right into that energy consumption is, um, you know, last 
at the beginning of the summer, I insulated the garage door. Actually, that was last winter, I think, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, insulated the garage door with just three quarter inch blue sheet insulation. Yeah. And it helped with energy loss out the um, out the garage door. Yeah. Um, and then I, we had to put new lights up in the garage because we took over another half of the garage. Right. And so when we bought lights, um, not only did we buy some lights that are movable so we can place them exactly where we want to, and we were just starting to use the garage and we didn't know exactly how and where we were going to be working the most. So we could move those easily, but we went with LED lights to help yeah. with energy consumption again. And- and they um, have a string to turn on and off so we don't have to have every single light on exactly um, all the time, even if we're not in that space and don't need that area Right. Lit. Just use so, the one light where we're working instead of all three or four lights that we have. Right. Well, and it also helps us stay conscious of the decisions we're making. It does. Um, because you're like, okay, where do I need light? Oh, let me just pull this one switch. It's a decision you have to make every time you work out there. So it just helps you also consider it. Yeah. It keeps it in Um, the forefront of your mind and not only for energy consumption, not only for lights, but other decisions we're making. And so that's leading to more discussions about how we can make more sustainable choices. Yes. And for me, you know, whether recycling clay, I just one simple thing is I thought, hey, clay's a pretty natural product, right? It's dirt right. <laughs> when it comes down to it. But there are some chemicals in manufactured clay that aren't necessarily in, like, right here, native Texas soil, right. if you will. Yeah. But I originally, I was just taking it out into the to the yard, my tools and my uh, towels and aprons and things like that, and rinsing it out in the yard where I needed additional dirt. Right. And so I was like, well, this makes sense. It's I'm reusing it and putting it where it needs to go. In right. the yard. Right. Um, but I've since read a few things where some of the chemicals in clay may not be as good for my yard and the environment as I thought. And so I need to do some more investigation. So I'm trying to stop doing that um, so much. I've, I've got to figure out a way to, to get the majority of the clay out before we put it in the sink to wash it right, right. with soap and water. And also before we put it in the... Uh, clothes washer uh, to wash the towels and the aprons right. and things like that. And then what do you do with it? If if you pre-rinse and pre-wash or whatever, yeah. then what do you do with it? Because you can't just throw it back out in right. the yard. So then having a place, like right now, I, I think having a place to let it dry, ultimately let all the water evaporate and then put it in the trash. Yeah. You know, but ultimately that's still going to end up in the landfill. So is there a better way to handle it? And so those are some of the things we're asking, some of the questions we're asking. Right. How we move forward. We can't figure it all out right now because it would keep us from making any progress on our art. <laughs> it really does. <laughs> um, which the Texas heat does enough during the summer, at least right. for ceramics in the garage. Um, so it's it's a balancing act, right? Yeah. We we want to do our part. We want to make progress and continually improve. Um and some of those are harder decisions than others, but they're also decisions that are going to have an impact long-term, right. uh, both in our art practice, the way we do things, uh, but ultimately on the environment and the way the resources um, of this earth are used. And um, hopefully, I don't know, I can't say restored probably, um, but that the impact of the, the choices we make um, is as minimal as possible. Right. And so, you know, when you're starting a business and you're going into business yourself, you do have to consider pricing as well, because ultimately every choice that costs you a little bit more money does have to be reflected in your pricing. Right. So therefore is the quality of your product and the value of your product increased by that as well. And I think part of that 
is one reason we started the blog, right? Is to make people aware of some of the choices we're making and why we're making them. Right. Uh, because it helps people understand. Well, just like ugly boxes, right? right? We haven't we haven't written about that yet, but one of the things we've talked about for months is reusing boxes. And packaging. And packaging materials. Um, not buying brand new. Right. Um, but trying to reuse uh, what we already have. Um, right. So that it just doesn't end up in the landfill. Yeah. Um, but it has to, you know, it has to be strong and sturdy and the right size. And so some of that has proven to be a little more difficult than we thought. <laughs> right. And we're not doing it to, to cheap out on anything. Right. We're, we're doing it from the standpoint of using resources wisely. Yeah. Um, being good stewards of things. So when we ship products, we try to reuse I, uh boxes and packaging and uh, stuffing and all that stuff that we have on hand from shipments we've already we've received. I feel like too, you know, making those choices is so I said ugly boxes and that's what yeah. we've referred to it as. And so putting something in the package that lets people know, hey, why are you receiving an ugly box? Right. right. Because the unboxing experience we've with the age of Instagram, uh, the unboxing experience has become a part of the process. You receive a package and you're like, oh, let me unbox this on camera live so everybody yeah, can see it. Yeah, you want it to be pretty and right. and stuff. But if you receive an ugly box that has old addresses marked out and old packaging material on it or little tears that you've had to tape up, it's not a beautiful unboxing experience. Right. <laughs> um, but if and- our customers know why we've done what we've done and why we're making those choices to send them an ugly box with ugly packaging material. It still keeps their products safe, but it's one way we were able to reuse materials we already had on hand, therefore reducing our use of other materials. Right. We find that to be important. Yeah. Um, and at the same point, uh, we, ha- we have to communicate that so that people don't <laughs> think we're just being um, cheap. Or, or, <laughs> right. Because um, we want people to love our art and to enjoy it and to see the value in it. But we also want to do our part for, like we've been talking about, recycle, reduce, reuse. Yes. When the options present themselves. So, But if you don't, if you don't communicate that to people, <laughs> sometimes they don't realize why you've done what you've done. Right. And so they don't value the choice you made. To reuse an ugly box, right? <laughs> so, um, listen, and, and we're not we're not trying to toot our own horn here. That's not what this is about. This is about our struggle to make the decisions that we make. Right? How do we recycle? How do we reduce our impact on the environment? How do we reuse products that will reduce our impact on the environment? Um, but also um, help us be a more practical both in our company and personal, uh, a practical steward of the resources we've been giving, uh, given rather. You know, it's a struggle for everybody. It's like we can tend to make choices out of laziness um, because sometimes it's easier to throw away a piece of plastic recycling because it takes 60 seconds, 75 seconds to clean it out before you can put it in right. the recycle bin, right? Right. And we've, I, I think most of us have been guilty about that at some point or another, um, sometimes more than others. But the more intentional we are with our choices, the more we think about it, um, overall, 
the better for the earth. Yeah, for everyone. And, and for everyone. And yeah. so uh, trying to figure that out as we move forward with with our company, but also even just personally and just get better and better um, with our choices over time. That's our goal. That's our goal. And that's really what this conversation is about. So we'd love to have you join the conversation as well. What are some things maybe that you do um, in your journey of reducing and recycling and reusing and be, being better stewards of the resources that we have? Um, maybe you have some options. We'd love to hear from you uh, either through email info at coffeetimeconversations.com or um, even um, on social media. Yes. Right. On Instagram and Facebook. We'd love to hear what you're, what you're doing to help with this as well. Maybe it would give us some better ideas of new things we could do. That would be great. We would love some other ideas for how we can make some conscious decisions that help with that as well. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> well, so you can check out our blog at princeartstudio.com. Slash bog. Slash blog. Blog. B-L-O-G. <laughs> not bog. Blog. But uh, just, you know, uh, that information's on there. We try to write... A post a week. Um, we're averaging, I think, about three a month, though. Um, and that's fine. So we'd love to, to have you uh, join the conversation there as well. And uh, we've got lots of things happening over the next few months that we're going to be talking about. We've got a couple of shows coming up in November uh, that you can come see our art and ceramics at. We've got a new project that'll be launching. <laughs> Easy for you to say. Not even close. <laughs> in, um, that uh, will be yeah. launching um, before the end of the year. So keep um, an ear open for what that might be. Yeah. yeah. We're excited about it. And um, yeah. I think that means we're I think done we're with done. this conversation. <laughs> I think we're done. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us for this conversation. Have a great week, and we will talk to you again soon. Bye.